This is Design Safe Radio, where natural hazards researchers strive to make our society more resilient to everything nature throws at us. So uh, you got that big rocking wall behind you, and we've talked about it a little bit. Um, what actually is a rocking wall? Like, let's nerd out a bit. What, why is this useful? What does it do? And then how does it work? You've got sections that are three and a half stories tall, leads up to, to 10. How does all that work? Yeah, so um, so the uh, the concept is is pretty simple, um, and it's not a concept that we developed. It was actually developed for precast concrete construction mm. uh, back in the in the nineties. And one of my colleagues uh, here at UW, John Stanton, was uh, very heavily involved in that in that work. Uh, but the, the so the idea is kind of similar to what they were doing there. Obviously, the materials are different. Some of the uh, energy dissipation, some of the lo uh, localized behaviors, and the way we we detail things and and model things are 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 quite a bit different. But conceptually, it's it's not super new. And the the idea is that you you uh, don't rigidly connect the wall to the foundation. Uh, instead, it just sits there and is post-tensioned with steel uh, steel bars. In this case, that go they, they will go from the roof to the to the uh, to the foundation, and then the wall is allowed to uplift. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can see the the steel bar, the steel post-tensioning that's running from the roof all the way down to yeah, the foundation. All these guys there. Yep, those big long bars. So those act like essentially big rubber bands. Um, they allowed the wall to to uplift, um, and uh, what that does is reduces uh, the damage at the base of the wall. So you don't have damage from tension at the base of the wall. You you have the potential for some damage from crushing and compression at the base of the wall, but um, most of it is. Uh, oh, there you go. And this is from. Uh, these are like 2017 or 2018, something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is from uh, from the first round of testing that we did, what we uh, kind of proof of concept testing uh, on a two story uh, building on the UCSD shake table back in 2017. I mean, you can see the wall kind of move relative to the relative to the floor. And that's that's the idea there. And, uh, and and so this allows us to design essentially a damage-free structural system that can accommodate uh, really large deformations. So we can accommodate big drifts that are imposed from really big earthquakes and have very limited damage uh, to the structural system. Uh, there are some uh, steel energy dissipation devices that are incorporated into the design that are replaceable uh quickly replaceable oh, wow. um, and uh and that's, that's part these of these guys here right space design philosophy they're in those little cutouts there's some yep. uh u-shaped uh steel components that are in there that uh are designed to be replaced should they need to be uh replaced um mm. if they develop fractures things like that um super interesting thing about this test and what really hasn't been done is that this wall is 10 stories tall and uh it has a first mode period of about 1.7 seconds uh 1.8 seconds so what does that mean 
<laughs> yeah. So for those who design taller, taller buildings, they'll, they'll, they'll get that. That's, that's a pretty long period, which means it has a pretty long kind of, uh, you know, resonant period for lateral, uh, lateral loading as it kind of sways back. So and it's kind of like the, kind of like the biggest string on a bass guitar. Like it's got a very yeah, low exactly, exactly. Fre resonant frequency. Exactly. Um, but what we think is really important, at least what the numerical models show is really important and what previous kind of computational research has shown for rocking systems is that when you get to taller walls like this, the higher modes contribute a fair amount to the response and can actually drive the maximum uh, moment demands and shear demands in the wall itself. Actually, the biggest moment demand in this wall uh, is around story four, um, which, you know, is important because that's also where some of the splice near the location for the splices that splice yes. the wall panels together. So that was, you know, considered in the design for those for those splices. So um, so this will really be one of the first tests of a building of this size, whether it has a rocking wall or not where higher modes contribute that much to the response of a very nonlinear system. Um, and, and so it's going to be really, really valuable for us to, to take all this data uh, that we're going to get from this test, you know, analyze it, compare it with computer models, and then share it, of course, on Design Safe with the rest of the community to, uh, you know, to get to to let everybody take take a stab on, you know, understanding how higher modes in uh, in taller structures that have a lot of nonlinearity, a lot of mm -hmm. nonlinear behavior, in in this case concentrated mostly at the base, um, how those higher modes, you know, actually pop up. So, you know, it's just going to be an amazing data set. Yeah. And, and, and kind of to that point, one of the, one of the great things about having a, a network like this, that has such great partnership with, with industry and the NSF and everything is, is data reuse. I mean, the amount of data that you're going to be putting out from this is, uh, uh, Titanic is probably a good word for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge, huge amount of data. Um, I, yeah, it's going to really be an amazing data set. Uh, we have every instrument location um, marked in a 3D Revit model um, as well. So uh, data reuse is going to be um, just amazing for this. Uh, you know, the data reuse opportunities. I think, you know, our goal is, is in, um, you know, maybe... 10 years, people are still writing papers um, with the data from this test and still learning new things about uh, the seismic performance of just generally tall buildings um, and long period structures uh, subjected to, to really large earthquakes. Follow along with Jeff and all the whole uh, project team at the, at the Tallwood website, which we'll have a link for in the description. And you saw a screen share of earlier. So if you're not watching these on YouTube and are just listening on your phone or in your car or something, um, definitely check out, especially now that we've got these big tests going on that are visually exciting. Um, we're, we're putting these all out there and making sure there's a lot of uh, great resources visually on, on YouTube. So check it out there. Um, and looking forward to sharing more about Tallwood Project as it, as it uh, progresses over the next few months here. So uh, thanks again, Jeff, and uh, we'll, we'll see yeah. you again soon. 
My pleasure, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Design Safe Radio. We really appreciate it. Smash that like button if you're watching this on YouTube. Hit that little subscribe button. That really helps us out and bring this message to more people who are interested in hearing about how our engineers and scientists are making our society more resilient to everything nature throws at us. A big thank you to our sponsors at the National Science Foundation. Our award number is 212-9782. And a big thank you to our program officer, Joy Kowski, who is excellent. And our team at the National Science Foundation's Network Coordination Office for NARI. Um, Marty Lachance is our question writer and copy editor extraordinaire. Raquel Ruiz manages all things technical and editorial. And Morgan Glass is our social media coordinator. Big thank you to everybody at the NARI NCO and all of our experimental facilities. Thank you and have a great day.